Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Podcast. I'm your host, Alfred Parsar Jr. This is the premier destination for all your New York Jets news, rumors, game recaps, game breakdowns, previews, reviews, and everything else related to New York Jets. Again, Rocket Fuel, the New York Jets podcast, is a proud member of the Grid Network. Ladies and gentlemen, we're entering week six of the 2022 NFL season, and I gotta say, I'm proud of my New York Jets thus far. Three wins, two losses, second place in the AFC East, and we're keeping things competitive. When you've got other teams in the division, such as the Miami Dolphins, who we just beat, which we'll get to in a second, the Buffalo Bills, the New England Patriots, um, it, it's 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 a pretty it's a pretty great feat to be a, above 500 at any point in the season, let alone the first five weeks. Uh, this New York Jets team they they came out last Sunday at MetLife Stadium against the Miami Dolphins. I was there personally to see everything, and these guys showed up both on offense and defense. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of, of my New York Jets. Three wins, two losses again, entering week six. Uh, let's talk about the game uh, last week against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, again, without Tua Tagovailoa, Teddy Bridgewater got the start at quarterback, and nothing went right. For the Miami Dolphins. Very rare in the NFL nowadays you see a safety. Uh, but a lot of a lot of things, a lot of things went wrong um, for those Miami Dolphins. Uh, first off, uh, Teddy Bridgewater knocked out of the game, entered the concussion protocol. He was cleared, did not have a concussion, but under the new rules of the concussion protocol, uh, Bridgewater was not allowed to re-enter the game. So that that was big. Um, uh, 
the Jets again winning 40-17 to with the first scoring play coming on the play that Bridgewater gets knocked out of the game. Sauce Gardner, the rookie, forces a fumble. He hits Bridgewater in the end zone. Of course, Teddy trying to get the ball out of his hands so that he doesn't take a safety. Throws the ball, no receiver around the area where the ball lands. That's intentional grounding, loss of down, and the referees called a safety. So Sauce Gardner already uh, uh, making big plays. Sauce Gardner will also go on to have an interception uh, in the game, later on in the game, off of uh, Dolphins third string rookie uh, Skylar Thompson, who ended up playing the rest of the game out. Uh, Zach Wilson, uh, he, he, he looked pretty good. Uh, 210 passing yards, no touchdowns, however, no interceptions. It was the running game of the New York Jets that dominated the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Brees Hall, Michael Carter, Braxton Berrios, and Zach Wilson all scoring rushing touchdowns. Uh, so that's uh, five touchdowns on the ground that evening uh, for the New York Jets. Uh, Michael Carter had two touchdowns. Brees Hall had one. And again, Berrios and Wilson won apiece. Uh, speaking of rookies making an impact, Brees Hall had a phenomenal day. 18 carries, 97 yards, and a touchdown. And even on the receiving end, two receptions for 100 yards, including that big 79-yard reception that set up a Michael Carter touchdown in the first half. So this New York Jets team was cooking. Uh, again, I personally think if Tua Tagovailoa had played for the Miami Dolphins uh, last Sunday, things may have been different. The Jets probably would have been competitive but lost the game. Uh, Sauce Gardner, phenomenal. What can I say? Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. Again, he forces that safety. He gets an interception. Um, Sauce playing like he's a he's a veteran. Brees Hall, you know, the future's looking bright for this New York Jets team. Uh, you can't say anything better than that. Also, the defense had a forced fumble on a strip sack. Uh, that was recovered. So, it's, it's looking real good. And uh, Carl Lawson and John Franklin Myers and Quentin Williams... All had uh, all had sacks in that game. Uh, the New York Jets they 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 showed up and showed out on 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 Sunday against those Miami Dolphins. So the Jets looking real impressive. The schedule the rest of the way is is of concern. Uh, of course, this week uh, week six, um, the Jets have the Packers. Uh, they follow that up with the Broncos. The Broncos have not been playing well under coach Nathaniel Hackett. Um, then they have the Patriots, the Bills, the Patriots again, the Bears, the Vikings, the Bills, and, and the Lions over the next couple of weeks. Um, so they should be able to split that in 500. But again, focusing on, on recent happenings, uh, we, the Jets, Jets are looking pretty good. Uh, let's get into some New York Jets news and notes now. Uh, at some point in that game, Against the Dolphins, like I mentioned, um, there was a strip sack fumble of Skylar Thompson, and Quinton Williams picked the ball up and attempted to run it for some yards, in the process stiff-arming Tyreek Hill. Now, the Dolphins would come out and say that they found the stiff arm to Quinn, uh, from Quinton Williams to Tyreek Hill to be disrespectful, and... Here's my opinion on that. How is that disrespectful? As we all know, 
running backs, quarterbacks sometimes, receivers, when they're running with the ball, they'll stiff arm a defender to try to put him down so they can keep going to gain yards to get the play. Quentin Williams was a few yards away from the end zone. He has the ball. He's running. What is he supposed to do? Pick up the fumble and just take a knee or fall over? No, he's going to try to score the ball. The defense is doing its job. What do you mean disrespectful that he stiff-armed Tyreek Hill? I mean, I'm pretty sure if Tyreek Hill had the ball and he saw Quentin Williams coming towards him or or Sauce Gardner or DJ Reed or CJ Mosley or anybody on that Jets defense, he would try to use a stiff arm. So what, if, if, if Quentin Williams attempted a juke, would that have been disrespectful too? It's a football move on a football play. It's not like he lowered his shoulder and and trucked the man like he was playing Madden. It's not like he, he he grabbed the man down and horse collared him down. It's a stiff arm. It's a football move. So when 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 offensive players on other teams stiff arm us, we don't call it disrespectful. It's a football move. Why is it disrespectful? Because it's Quentin Williams. Get out of here. Get out of here. I think the Dolphins. They expected to win a game. They got blown out, embarrassed. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And they just wanted something to cry about. That's what I think. What do you, what do you, mean, what do you mean disrespectful? There's nothing disrespectful about using a legal, a legal not illegal, but a legal football move. It's a stiff arm. What'd you, what, what, what did you want him to do? Pick up the ball and take a knee and go, oh, yeah, guys, I know we're winning already, but uh, we could, we, we, we'll show some mercy. No, all gas, no brakes, baby. The next, set of, the next set of news this week, of course, the New York Jets play the Green Bay Packers 1 p.m. Sunday in Lambeau Field on the road. And there's a little dissension amongst the Green Bay Packers, of course. For those of you who don't know what I'm referring to, uh, Jair Alexander, who is a Packers linebacker, uh, had some interesting things to say about the upcoming Jets matchup. Of course, the Packers not having the season that most expected. Uh, they just lost last Sunday in London to the New York Giants by the score of 27-20, a game that they led 17-3 at halftime. Uh, when Jair Alexander was asked by Matthew Sh- Schneidman of The Athletic about the Jets' defense, Jair's response, and I quote, I ain't worried, but if we lose next week, then I'll be worried. So, I think Jair Alexander thinks that there's a chance that the Jets could beat them uh, because of their defensive woes so far this season. But when uh, the same reporter, Matthew Steinman of The Athletic, relayed Jair Alexander's quote to Aaron Rodgers, and why would you do that? You know, you're just stirring the pot at that point. Aaron Rodgers uh, said, and I quote, 
frankly, I don't like this conversation about losing next week. I'm a firm believer in the power of words and manifestation, and we've got to check ourselves on that because talking about that is not winning football. There was conversation about it in the locker room, and I don't like it. Jaw's my guy, but we don't need to be talking like that. End quote. Now, this tells me several things. One, the Packers are questioning themselves after losing to the New York Giants last week. Also, the the games that they have won, some of them have been close. Um, The Packers and the Patriots going to overtime a couple weeks ago when the Patriots third-string quarterback uh, Ben Zappi was at the helm for the team took the Packers to overtime in a game that the Packers should have easily won. The the Jets are living rent-free in the minds of the Packers. The Packers questioning themselves. Of course, Aaron Rodgers, the face of the team, as the starting quarterback, the de facto leader, he has to to save face and, and play Mr. Bravado here. And, yeah, there's dissension in that Packers locker room. Um... The way I see it, Jair Alexander's being a realist. I mean, you never want to admit that uh, the, the team that you're going to play is going to beat you. This is reminiscent of last season when reporters asked Pittsburgh, then Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger if they were going to beat the Chiefs uh, in the wildcard round of the playoffs last year. And Roethlisberger said uh, he did not expect to win and got drew the ire of Pittsburgh fans, but I get where Jair, Jair Alexander is coming from, but I also get where where Aaron Rodgers is coming from. But again, we're living rent-free in the minds of the Packers. The Packers, and this is good because at least the Packers acknowledge that the Jets are a threat. And while you're acknowledging the Jets are a threat, we're going to go into our game preview, the keys to the game uh, for this week. New York Jets, Green Bay Packers, Sunday, 1 p.m. Lambeau Field. Uh, and one thing I realized from studying both teams, of course, I, I watch the Jets way more than I do the Packers, obviously, because this is a Jets podcast. But the New York Jets defense, I realize, own a colossal mismatch over the Packers offense. And I'll tell you why. Of course, the New York Jets led by Robert Sala, the Green Bay Packers led by Matt LaFleur. If you check FanDuel Sportsbook and you are a sports better, you'll realize that the Packers open up as a 7.5 point favorite over the Jets. Uh, despite the Packers' disappointing 3-2 and two start, Matt LaFleur's Packers, you could say they're, they're well coached and, you know, as time goes on this season, they'll, they'll be looking like a championship contending football team. Uh, Also, I do have to admit Lambeau Field, historically for visiting teams, has been a very difficult place uh, to win on the road. Uh, Lambeau Field, of course, very known as the the frozen tundra, uh, known for its extremely cold temperatures. Luckily, uh, temperatures will not be that bad this Sunday uh, for the New York Jets to play in. But I do believe that the Jets are going to have their work cut out for them. The key to this game is the Jets' cornerback unit versus uh, the Green Bay Packers' wide receiver core. Why do I say that? Number one, the Green Bay Packers in the offseason traded Devontae Adams to the Raiders. 
after trading Adams to the Raiders, they did not attempt to upgrade their uh, wide receiver core. Uh, their wide receivers, their leading wide receiver this season is Randall Cobb. And no offense, but Randall Cobb, you're an old man. Um, they also have Alan Lazard, uh, Alan Lazard, and they have uh, Rodney Dubes, Russell Tanyan at tight end. That's that's not a star-studded cast at all. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, and so far this season, very little has happened to change the perception of the Packers wide receiver unit. Uh, again, I just mentioned that Randall Cobb is the leading receiver on that team with 249 yards, 45th in the NFL. So let's let's take that for what you will. The leading receiver on that team is the 45th best wide receiver in the National Football League statistically. So that that that's very alarming. Uh, currently, that's the fifth lowest mark in the NFL for a team's leading receiver. Uh, Randall Cobb is followed by the rookie Romeo Dobbs. I know I, I called him Rodney. That was my mistake. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, um, 213 yards and Alan, and Alan Lazard, 209 yards to round out Green Bay's, uh, uh, primary receiver core. Also as well, Aaron Rodgers so far struggling to perform up to his usual standards. He was averaging 231.4 passing yards per game. The lowest mark of his career since he's been a starting quarterback. Uh, his efficiency is significantly down as well. Uh, Rodgers ranks 10th in the NFL with a 95.8 passer rating after last year leading the league with a 111.9. Uh, overall, this Green Bay Packers wide receiver unit, um, they do rank a respectable 15th in receiving yards at 851. However, for a team that has Aaron Rodgers at the quarterback position, that, that's very underwhelming. So, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, former Super Bowl champion, MVP, uh, this Packers offense should be, if not on fire, a well-oiled machine at the slightest. But unfortunately uh, for the Packers, the Jets are perfectly constructed to expose Green Bay's wide receiver issues because the Jets' cornerback unit has been elite so far this season. Uh, New York's corners have combined to allow only 429 yards into their coverage which ranks for the second-best mark of any cornerback unit in the NFL, only behind the Carolina Panthers, who have allowed 355 yards to their cornerback coverage. Uh, the Jets' covermen have accomplished that, uh, despite facing such names as Amari Cooper, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Deontay Johnson, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddle. Those are all big names as far as wide receivers go. Of course... Deontay Johnson, when the Jets played the Steelers, was held to 11 yards. Jamar Chase was held to 29 yards. And Jalen Waddle last week only held to 23 yards. All three of those receivers posted season lows in, in those respective games when they went up against the Jets. The outside duo of the aforementioned Sauce Gardner as well as DJ Reed have been outstanding. When opposing teams target either Gardner or Reed, 
Opposing quarterbacks have completed 23 of 47 passes for 215 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions, combined for a passer rating of 51.3. So Sauce and DJ are very, very good at what they've been doing so far this season. Sauce's combination of length and fluidity make him an extremely difficult guy to beat in contested situations. Sauce, who stands in a six foot three, is tied for third amongst all NFL corners with six passes defended. Uh, DJ Reed is smaller at five foot nine, but his height disadvantage doesn't factor in at all. Uh, he's allowed 11 receptions on 187 snaps this season. His average of one reception every 17 snaps in the NFL ranks ninth best out of 89 qualified corners. And then we can't forget about Michael Carter II. Uh, He's in the slot. Uh, He's only given up two touchdown passes across 20 games in his career. That's 593 snaps that have been thrown into his coverage. So... Take that for what you will. This 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 Jets corner uh, trio is phenomenal. Phenomenal. They're not allowing yards when they're targeted against. They're not allowing scores, which is even more important. And I, I'm going to go out and say it. I think the New York Jets have the best cornerback core in the entire NFL. DJ Reed, Michael Carter II, Sauce Gardner. And, and Sauce Gardner is just a rookie. So that that tells you everything that you need to know. As far as one of those touchdowns that was allowed by uh, by uh, Michael Carter II, it was actually the fault of Jordan Whitehead, who accidentally ran into Carter to allow a Bengals completion that was a short pass that turned into a long touchdown. So, I mean, statistically, it was thrown into Carter's coverage. Teammate runs into him, and there's a score. What can you do? But the Jets' corners... They've risen to the occasion against tough opponents this year. Of course, Baltimore, um, the high-scoring Browns that uh, was a come-from-behind win. The Dolphins, the electric receiver core last year, and the, and the Cincinnati Bengals, they've all been able to hold their own. So not bad, not bad, Jets, not bad. Now, there is a large talent gap between Green Bay's receivers and the Jets' corners that creates an opportunity for the Jets to overwhelm the Packers and a part of the game that directly affects Green Bay's best player, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I believe if the Jets' corners can make Rodgers' life hell by completely shutting down his wide receivers, the Jets might just be able to neutralize him. And if you pay attention to Week 1, where the Packers lost to the Vikings, that's exactly what the Vikings did. The Vikings held Green Bay's receivers to 103 yards on 12 receptions, and Aaron Rodgers finished with a 67.6 passer rating, in a game that saw the Vikings win 23-7. If the Jets' corners fail to show up this week in Green Bay, um, that could spell a disaster because we know how Aaron Rodgers is when he's good. We also know how good Aaron Rodgers is when he's angry. Again, this little internal feud with Jair Alexander, you know, it's, it's, it's rough. It's rough. We, again, we're living rent-free in the minds, in the minds of of the Packers. Uh, and plus, Matt Lafleur, say what you want about him, he is a good he's, he's a good coach, and he'll find ways to scheme up offense. Um, so if the Jets' defense cannot take full advantage of this huge mismatch 
Uh, the Packers are going to have more than enough chances to stay to, to win this game, if not stay in it. Uh, but if the Jets' corners lock down the receivers, it's going to be a domino effect. That offense in Green Bay is going to fall apart. Uh, the game is in the cornerback unit's hands. Uh, this cornerback trio, I don't think they were expected to accomplish much uh, uh, this season at all, even if it's early on. And again, they've excelled against top-tier competition. So, I, you know, it leaves me to believe that they could hang around in this game and survive. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, I believe the, the, the key to this game is shutting down uh, Aaron Rodgers' receiver core. Now, I don't want anybody to think that this analysis is one-sided because it's not. Um, the Jets have three huge disadvantages that, if taken advantage of, there might be a blowout on our hands. Uh, the first being the Jets' offensive line against the Packers' defensive line. Uh, the Jets' offensive line uh, clearly received a jolt last week with the return of Dwayne Brown, uh, leading to Lakin Tomlinson's most decent game so far, which allowed Elijah Vera Tucker to seal off the right side. Um, however, the Miami Dolphins' defensive line is nowhere near as dangerous as the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the pressure starts up the middle with Kenny Clark. Uh, Clark, he's tied for the fifth most pressures among interior defensive lineman in the NFL with 17. He has a 12.7% pressure rate, which is third amongst all interior defensive linemen. He also has two sacks. Dean Lowry, another Packers interior lineman who's taken 72 pass rushing snaps. He's eighth in the NFL with an 11.1 pressure rate. Uh, from the edge, Rashawn Gary, he's established himself as one of the most dominant edge rushers in the NFL. He ranks fifth with a 16% pressure rate. He's tied for seventh with five sacks. Preston Smith, 17th uh, in the NFL with a 13.7% pressure rate. Uh, he also has three and a half sacks this season. Uh, why is this significant, you may ask? Because the Jets' current tackles, uh, Brown and Vera Tucker, they've each only played one game so far this season. And Brown has allowed one pressure and no sacks on 24 pass blocking attempts uh, last week for a 4.2% pressure rate. Uh, Barrett Tucker, he pitched a shutout last week against the Dolphins after allowing three pressures on 41 snaps at left tackle against the Steelers. But between Brown and Barrett Tucker, um, this, this uh, going up against the Green Bay is going to be their, their biggest test yet. Um... Barrett Tucker had to deal with Alex Highsmith in Pittsburgh, who's good, but Rashawn Gary is like Alex Highsmith times five. So uh, he, he's going to bring the pressure. Uh, Rashawn Gary is lined up at left outside linebacker on the edge rushing in 3-4 defense on 67% of his snaps this season, meaning that he'll face Barrett Tucker all game long. 
So that that's something to be concerned about. Kenny Clark, uh, the toughest assignment, period, for the Jets offensive line. Uh, he'll probably draw a combination, probably get double team. Uh, if played solo, Lakin Tomlinson is going to have the task of stopping him. Uh, Tomlinson has allowed a 6.5% pressure rate this season, which is uh, in the 12th percentile amongst guards, and his 17 pressures allowed are tied for third most in the NFL. So uh, that's that's huge. Um, Nate Herbig, another Jets uh, offensive lineman, he's allowed 4.6% pressures over the last two games, which is uh, a little slightly below average for guards this season in the NFL. And then we got Connor McGovern, who's been the most successful pass blocker of this Jets offensive line. Uh, he ranks 11th amongst centers with a 2.6% pressure rate allowed. He's only been charged with six pressures and one sack allowed. Uh, the pass rush, this is a very formidable pass rush, bigger than the Jets have faced this season. And don't forget the Cleveland Browns, they had uh, Miles Garrett and, J- and Jadavian Clowney for this Jets uh, offense to contend with. However, the ability across the board of this Packers uh, pass rush can seriously hamper the Jets' offensive plans. Uh, we all know the Jets are featuring a, a primarily run-first offense under Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, who had a rushing touchdown last week. If he can't find a play, he'll take off running. And then, of course, the two-headed monster of Michael Carter and the impressive rookie Brees Hall. Um, They might find some trouble. Brees is not going to be able to dominate the Packers like he did the Dolphins uh, last week. Disadvantage number two. The Jets' middle-of-the-field defense versus the Packers' pass catchers. Now, I understand that not too long ago, right here on this program, well, more like a few minutes ago, I said that um, this Green Bay Packers receiver core leaves a lot to be desired. However, the Packers have been successful in the middle of the field this season. Per NFL Next Gen stats, they're sixth in total yards at 476. Eighth in completions at 40 and second second in passer rating at 129.7 when they're going in the middle of the field. So when Aaron Rodgers throws the ball in the middle of the field, they're highly successful. Meanwhile, the middle of the field has been an area of struggle for the Jets defense. A couple weeks ago right here on this program, when I broke down the Pittsburgh Steelers um, against the New York Jets, I said the Steelers would dominate if they threw the middle of the field. Luckily, the Steelers kept going to the outside. Uh, The Jets' middle-of-the-field defense has allowed the 8th most yards at 471, the 14th most completions at 34, and the 3rd worst passer rating allowed at 126.3, despite defending against the 19th most attempts in the middle of the field. It's a clear mismatch, folks. Uh, The Jets' linebackers, in particular C.J. Mosley, struggle in coverage when the ball goes to the middle of the field through the air. Uh, C.J. Mosley has allowed 17 out of 24 targets to be caught for 187 yards. That's the 12th most amongst linebackers. Uh, C.J. Mosley also permits 1.07 yards per cover snap, which is in the 35th percentile amongst linebackers. Quan Alexander also having tough moments in coverage. He allows 1.03 yards per cover snap in the 46th percentile. If not to make things worse, the jet safeties also struggle in coverage when the ball is thrown in the middle of the field. The Marcus Joyner allowing 0.56 yards per cover snap 
also in the 38th percentile amongst uh, safeties. So it's going to be a struggle for this Jets defense if Aaron Rodgers decides to hit a wide receiver in the middle of the field. For as good as this New York Jets defense has been all year, their Achilles heel on defense, again, has always been their pass defense in the air down the middle of the field. And and I've said it multiple times on this show throughout the course of the season that, again, New York Jets, their defense needs work when the ball goes through the air down the middle. To the sides, no problem. Down the middle, big issue. The third and final disadvantage the Jets must overcome in this matchup against Green Bay on Sunday is Aaron Jones versus the Jets tacklers. What do I mean by that? At linebacker, Quan Alexander, he's been shorthanded. He's only missed just 6.9% of his tackles this season. Uh, however, the Jets need that to continue. C.J. Mosley is above average with 8.5% missed tackle rate. However, for as good as the secondary has been, and we talked about it earlier, their tackling has been suspect. Jordan Whitehead ranks 54th out of 65 uh, qualified safeties with a 20.6% uh, missed tackle rate. LaMarcus Joyner, 45th at 15.4%. Sauce Gardner and D.J. Reed, for as good as they've been, they have missed tackle rates of 13.4% and 13% respectively. We all know the Jets didn't bring in much run defense help this season beyond drafting Jermaine Johnson. And as, as sure-handed as Johnson has been, um, not missing a single tackle, the real help they thought they'd get is from the two corners and whiteheaded safety. The fact that all three have been more than a liability with their tackling does not bode well for the team's run defense. Uh, despite all this, the Jets, they're right in the middle of the pack. They're about average. They allow 114.4 rush yards per game. Uh, their yards per carry uh, against in the NFL is terrific. They have the sixth best mark in the NFL at four. However, when they go up against uh, a marquee running back uh, like Nick Chubb in week two against Cleveland, they struggle, and they struggle mightily especially at the end of the game uh, when they know the rush is coming. Uh, Nick Chubb, of course, had eight missed tackles forced uh, in that game. Uh, Michael Carter leads the league with a 0.30 missed tackles forced per touch last season. Uh, Aaron Jones uh, is another Nick Chubb-like running back. He ranks eighth amongst backs with 3.98 yards after contact per attempt, and he averages Uh, 0.3 missed tackles forced per rush. So the Jets really need to be sure-handed with their tackling after a week in which Raheem Mostar of the Miami Dolphins had 85 yards against them after contact, which is huge. Uh, A back like Aaron Jones, who already averages 6.4 yards per carry, he can wreck the Jets' defense. Uh, If they get their hands on him, they're going to have to wrap him up. Uh, The team, they are likely without Jermaine Johnson this week due to an ankle injury. Um, and that's going to leave them with a lack of an edge rush. So Aaron Jones, he's been like a bulldozer this season, uh, mixing AJ Dillon with that. Um, there have been games where both Dillon and Aaron Jones have gone for at least 80 yards each 
rushing on the ground in games this season. So that's the Jets got to be able to overcome that. And if they can overcome those three huge disadvantages, then hopefully, and I mean hopefully, um, something can something good could go the Jets' way. Um, let's get to the injury report really quickly before I give my prediction. Several names on the injury report. Of course, we just mentioned, mentioned Jermaine Johnson is going to be out with an ankle injury. Um, he did not practice all week. Uh, Dwayne Brown has a shoulder injury. He was a limited participant on Wednesday and Thursday. Full participant on Friday. He's questionable. Uh, Carl Lawson made the injury report with an ankle injury. He was a limited participant in practice Wednesday. Thursday and Friday, he was a full participant. He'll play. C.J. Mosley uh, had a hip injury. Uh, he was a limited participant Wednesday, and he practiced in full Thursday, Friday. And Quincy Williams, who missed last week, will play this week, uh, still nursing an ankle injury. He was a limited participant in practice Wednesday and Thursday, a uh, full participant uh, Friday. So he will play on Sunday. As far as what I think is going to happen in this game, um, you know, I hate to be that guy, but it, it's my responsibility to be very realistic on this show. I think that the Packers, for several reasons, will win this game. Uh, number one being um, they were made to be embarrassed in London last week after being up 17-3 to at the half. They were defeated 27-20, to only scored three points the entire second half against the New York Giants in a game that everybody saw because it was a nationally televised NFL network. The dissension between uh, Jair Alexander and Aaron Rodgers um, that played out in the public early in the week. Um, and when Aaron Rodgers is angry, he's scary. Uh, I think that the Packers are a team with experience in, in winning. Of course, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, uh, the aforementioned defense. Um, and again, Aaron Rodgers himself. I, I think that this one is going to be a runaway train. Um, this is going to be the first real test for Sauce Gardner and D.J. Reed as a unit. I think this is the one bad game Sauce is going to have. Uh, if I had to pick, I think that uh, the Packers beat the Jets 28-14. to um, that's, my, that's my prediction. 28-14 to final score. Uh, I just, I don't know, I, I, just, I just don't see the Jets. They're a young team, an inexperienced team, and I just don't see them um, being very successful uh, this time out. Again, I, I could be wrong, but I, I just don't see it. I think I think the Pack are going to blow past the New York Jets. So that's, that's my opinion there. Um, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at rocketfuel underscore nyj again that's rocketfuel underscore nyj uh, you can also follow the grid network which is a great network of sports podcasts um at the grid network on instagram and twitter and uh you've been listening to rocket fuel a new york jets podcast i am alfred parsar jr and we'll hit you next week with some news notes and analysis with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.